News. Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 85. Today we're going to chat with Scott from Volkortsen, make a prank call about magazines, and talk about the California mag revolution. Today's panel is Sean Heron, and I'm Ava Flannell, and I can barely talk. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Ava, are you doing okay? Well, I mean, other than the fact that I got tissue stuffed up my nose and Vaseline like all around it, yeah, it's, I'm doing great. It's so weird, and it's not even for the cold. Yeah, I don't have a cold. It's just like a sinus <laughs> infection or something, but it's the sinus infection from hell. <laughs> Sounding real good. Let's talk about uh, Manticore Arms real quick, Ava. All right. Uh, I noticed they have the Chinese stock in stock, and I have one of those. If you guys aren't feeling the triangle stock, I would definitely recommend the Chinese stock. What I didn't realize until I got it in the mail is that you can change out those panels. Mm-hmm. So if you're into like that, what is it, the Bakelite mm-hmm. look or... Bakelite, Russian plum, or black is the three that they offer. And I didn't like this thing, kind of, the look of it until we actually got one in, and then I was like... Oh, okay. No, this is actually very cool. Yeah, I actually, I, I totally agree with that. It definitely looks better on the rifle. And uh, yeah, I'm a fan. It's comfortable to shoot. It's $112.95. But if you use the coupon code GUNFUNNY15, you get 15% off. And that's manacorearms.com. Learn the things you never knew. On deconstructing the industry. Scott, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Thank you guys for having me. Of course. So I was looking over your website. I read the about section and I now know that, you know, the company was passed down generations. But can you tell our listeners how that started? Yeah, my dad actually started it. Back like in the mid seventies, he would just do a lot of general gunsmithing, everything from refinishing something to basic just gun repair. Uh-huh. So he started that and it, it all started. He was trying to find a better way to improve. He didn't have any money. So he was trying to improve his guns as far as target shooting and hunting. So he just started working on his own stuff and that started spreading. He started doing his buddy stuff. And then in. 1984, he decided to go full-time into the gun business. And up until the early 90s, he stayed where he was trying to do – he would build center fires. He would do refinishing. He would do everything you could think of. And it wasn't until the early 90s that he decided he was you know, wearing himself way too thin and had to concentrate on one area of the market. And that's when he started concentrating on the rim fires. And why do you think he chose the rim fires? You know, I've asked him a couple different times, and I think a lot of it has to do with – there was always so much being done in the center fire market that he wanted to do something new and innovative. And you know why everybody owned a 22, there wasn't a lot of customization being done to the 22s mm-hmm. as far as like on the 1022 or at that time, the Ruger Mark II pistol. And you know, the other thing he always comments on is regardless of what people shoot, typically everybody owns a 22, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're a, you know, center fire guy, a pistol guy, everybody seems to have that one twenty-two that they either started on or they teach their kids on, or they still like to shoot for fun. Yeah, totally agree. Well, tell us about your product line. Like what, what do you guys manufacture, put out there? We build a complete line of semi-automatic rifles and pistols that we build from the ground up. We machine everything in-house. We machine the receivers, trigger guards. We manufacture all the internal components, everything in-house. So that makes up about half of our business as far as building the complete guns. And then we build a complete line of aftermarket parts for like the Ruger 1022, the Smith & Wesson Victory Pistol, uh, the Ruger Mark series of pistols. And then we build, you know, we do some stuff for like the Remington 870. So basically a complete line of aftermarket parts that allows the hobbyist to be able to build basically a custom gun from the ground up, you know, one piece at a time. So I kind of want to go back for a second. I, um, I'm interested to know, like growing up, did you always kind of take an interest in the business or was it, you know, did you see yourself um, eventually taking it over or was it just something that, you know, like typical, you tend to see like rebellion with kids like, oh, I'm not going to do what my parents do. I would say early on when I was, you know, five, six years old, we always had guns around the house. We were always shooting. So we always had an interest from that level, but I definitely went through the time through like seventh and eighth grade, probably even to ninth grade where. Mm-hmm. The last thing in the world I was going to do is come back and 
work with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> but then as I started going through high school, it probably helped too, because that's the same time the business started growing somewhat. So as my junior and senior year, I started looking at, okay, what can I do in college that I can come back and be an asset to the business? Mm-hmm. You know, because by that point, I decided that's definitely what I wanted to do. It was just a matter of going out and finding some skills that I could bring back and add to the shop. You know, because from the, you know, the firearm side of things, dad was able to teach us all that. Mm-hmm. So what both my brother and I did, who's, the, who co-owns the business with me, we both went and got tool and die degrees. Nice. And that ended up serving us very well because as we moved, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, everything had switched over to CNC machines by that point. So yeah, it was kind of the perfect transition for my brother and I to take over the business because stuff was moving to CNC and my dad really never, he knew that's the way it was going, but he didn't necessarily have an interest in learning how to program a CNC machine. He liked the hands-on one-off type crash craftsmanship that he had done for so long. So it was perfect timing for us to kind of take over in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's nice like how things change and when the business is passed down from generation to generation, you kind of get, you know, the business is able to survive because you get that. Well, I think about it like with, with my parents' business and I mean, even my sister, like she works for my dad now, but she's really changed it quite a bit. Like she's sort of modernized it and stuff. Oh yeah. Just bringing in new ideas, new skills, things like that, and kind of helping businesses that started out as one thing. Not change with the times, but adjust to survive the times, mm-hmm. I think would be the way I would put it, maybe. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of – a lot of credit goes to like the first generation that allows that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we were younger, we always joked that dad would be 95 years old in the shop still telling us what to do like we were 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I give him credit. I give a lot of first-generation business owners credit when they can step away and realize – that there are new ideas, there's new ways to do things. You don't necessarily have to always do it the way you've done it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's hard for a lot of people. Yes, it is. You know, not only did the machining side of everything change, just like from a marketing side, everything is so different than where it was when I first got into the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Now, when you, you mentioned in high school, you started thinking about college and kind of where you were going to go, what you could do that would actually bring value to the company. But and I imagine I know the answer to this, but did you grow up a, as a shooter? Were you kind of interested in, in guns from a very, very young age? Yes, I was. Yeah, we were – my dad liked loved to hunt. So you know, basically every weekend that he wasn't working when it was in season, we'd be out, whether it was pheasant hunting, squirrel hunting, whatever it was. So we grew up and, – and I'm a very competitive person, so I kind of took more to the, the target shooting side of things and – if you saw me shoot now, you would question that I ever practiced because I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just kind of goes with the territory because I've noticed uh, I'm like, I think the longer you're in the industry, the more you're just like, eh. <laughs> you don't practice as much. You know, and it's funny, you know, you think you're, you know, you're always shooting, you're, you know, in some way practicing, but then you get out to a match and you see some of the, you know, even like the people we sponsor, you see those competitive shooters and you're like, that's a whole nother level from what I'm doing. Yeah. Who are some of those people that you sponsor? Uh, we've been very fortunate to surround ourselves with some great people. We sponsor Cheyenne Dalton, uh, and now we sponsor her sister Maddie as well. Oh, nice. And then we also work quite a bit with Casey Subio, and then Colby Pavlock, who's actually won the World Rimfire Challenge the last four years. And then uh, there's some other guys who sponsor like uh, younger kids, Cole Bush and Chase Orr, to name a few. But we have kind of a a nice mix of everything from Casey, who's pretty much done it all on the competitive side, mm-hmm. to you know, like to Maddie Dalton, who's fairly new to the sport yet and still learning. So it's it's fun to work with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that the hard the twenty two rimfire competition world is pretty awesome. I, I went to Michigan to teach a medical class to a youth uh, steel challenge rimfire. Uh, league that, that was put together and I taught, uh, quite a few of the athletes and a bunch of the coaches and administrators and things like that. But at the end, I actually got to go out and shoot a bunch of the Rimfire Steel Challenge against a lot of the, the youth kids. And gosh, they're just so good. And of course, you know, Volkortsen was definitely represented well amongst, amongst the kids, uh, gear and guns. So did you get, did you get, uh, did you lose? Um, 
you lost. It, it doesn't really matter what I say, <laughs> even though I will say that I did have one of the faster times of the day. Okay. Yep. Now, Aaron, my good friend Aaron, he had one of the slowest times of the day. <laughs> but See, that's more my speed. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and the, the kids are just, yeah, they're so good and they're so excited and they're so safe and prepared and professional. And it's just, it's a testament not only to the culture of the Second Amendment in the United States, but these parents that kind of get them involved much like much like yours did as well. Mm-hmm. The one thing I like about it is, you know, when you get to those matches, regardless of if somebody's a sponsored shooter shooting for, you know, a competitor, whether you're, the other competitors are there, like as far as our competitors in terms of business, mm-hmm. you know, you get on the range and you spend a Saturday or Sunday for one of those rimfire matches. And it really, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's really one big family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Even though it is one big family, what do you think sets Volkordison apart from similar businesses like yours? I think it's a couple things, but I think one of the primary things is when we design or build something, our goal is what can we do to make it the absolute best product we can make? And, you know, we look at cost as a final step. We don't look at something and design it with pricing in mind mm-hmm. because, you know, we've been and. You know, we're a high uh, premium brand and we've had people say, why don't you make entry level barrels or entry level pistols, rifles? And we've tried, but our mindset just doesn't allow us to do it. (laughs) You know, so we always end up back to when we build something, we're doing everything possible at the time, given the technology that we can do to make it the best out there. Yeah. And I think one of the other key components is we are family owned and it's, you know, my brother and I that are running it day to day. So we're able to shift and change on the fly. So many companies, and it seems like it's become more and more in our industry. There's quite a few outside investors or a board that everything has to go through. Anytime a change or something needs to be done, you know, and b- people laugh that work for us how fast sometimes we shift our minds or our mindset, <laughs> <laughs> but it allows us to, you know, even if sometimes we lose money on a certain thing, it, it allows us to keep putting out what we feel is the best product necessary. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about some s- specifics of what you just mentioned, because you talked about trying to come in more entry level in some places, but mindset uh, doesn't allow you to do that. What are what are some corners that would have to be cut um, that you guys are just unwilling to compromise on? One of the easiest or one of the biggest ones is probably all of our internal components. We manufacture those through a wire EDM process, oh. which is... For those that don't know, it's an electrical discharge machine that they use a lot, like in the medical field, to make, you know, small parts for prosthetics. And it's a very slow, time-consuming process, but it gives us the absolute best tolerances we can get on the parts. And we'll have a lot of guys say, you know, you can make those a lot faster if you, you know, use this process or that process. And that's not what we're interested in, because if we know there's a better way out there, we're going to always default back to that way. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Even little things like, I don't know if you noticed that all the bolts that we use, whether it be on our 22 long rifles, rifles or pistols, we put a DLC coating on every single one of those bolts. Once again, very expensive. But if you see, like, especially when guys run them suppressed, you will find out they run so much cleaner because we don't like to see a lot of lubrication on those. You know, so whether it's the competitive side or just the fun side of it, it it makes everything run so much smoother. Yeah, so I, wire EDM is definitely a much more expensive way to do it. But yeah, like you mentioned, you get the tolerances are just so much more precise than other manufacturing methods. DLC is more expensive instead of like anodizing or bluing or anything like that. So, but it also gives you a much harder, uh, stronger and durable finish, right? Yes. With the wire EDM process, not only do we do like our hammer, our sears, all that stuff that way, we do all of our extractors in the same process. Mm hmm. And this is what I like about using the competitive shooters is they put our guns through the paces that we sometimes don't have time to, you know, and we want to make sure that when they're out on the range, they're putting as many rounds downrange as possible and giving us that feedback should something ever fail or something that they think could be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What's your what's your favorite uh, product, the favorite pistol that you guys make out of the three models that are listed on the website? My absolute favorite pistol is the Battle Worn Scorpion in the four and a half inch model. Okay, yeah, that's beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think what I like about it is the finish is something different than what's out there. You know, than what 
some others do, but the Battle Warren, it's a nickel boron finish, so it still has there, – there's a reason that finish is on there. It's not just a pretty Cerakote or a nice anodized color. It it actually has a functional purpose to it. Which is what? It'll give the aluminum more integrity because that's an aluminum shroud on that Scorpion. Mm-hmm. So it'll help in durability and longevity of that shroud. Huh. It's definitely a beautiful gun. Yeah, it is. You can totally customize and build your own. The American one. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a little bit of America? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everyone likes America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, we are talking to Scott Volkortzen. We're going to take a brief moment and hear from Hackett Equipment. So good news. They're a rifle burrito bag. Uh, <laughs> well, hold on a minute. Did you say burrito? Yeah. Okay. Do I have Do I have everyone's attention? Yes. Burrito, burrito, taco, okay. taco, taco. You're losing it. You're losing it. Uh, so the rifle burrito bag is available now for pre-order starting April 24th. I thought you were going to say April 1st, and then I was like, April Fools. Yeah, no, that's that's long gone. Cool. April 24th, and they're calling it the burrito bag. Yeah. All right. The burrito, awesome. the rifle burrito bag. I'm going to keep chicken in one of the pockets, and then it'll really be like a burrito. Ew, I don't like chicken on my burrito. Yeah, you do. No, I'm like a beef girl all the way. You eat the sofritas. No, I don't. <laughs> Whatever, tofu girl. You're making me so mad right now. You're a soy boy. Oh, gosh. That's like, okay, if I go to Chipotle and that's not chicken, uh, that's right. tofu. Right. That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but all anyway, right. hackitequipment.com. And what was the coupon code one more time? Uh, It is GunFunny20. That gets you 20% off. All right. We're back with Scott, Scott Volkortzen. Uh, Scott, let's talk about rifles just for a minute. You guys do a lot of different stuff there. A couple different calibers, seven, 17 HMRs, 17 uh, WSM, 22 LR, just all kinds of stuff there. Was that somewhere that you guys kind of started or was that something that you added after after the pistols? The rifles is actually where we started when we started doing our manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And the very first one we did was the 22 WMR. Okay. And we started building that. I think it was in... 1997 or 98, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah, these are actually quite beautiful. I'm looking at the 22 WMR right now. If if you had to choose between pistol or rifle and a Volkortsen firearm for the rest of your life, and you could only choose one, what would it be? It'd be a 22 LR rifle. Very nice. A- any specific model in mind? My favorite is the Superlight because has it features a carbon fiber tension barrel that we do mm-hmm. but we get the same level of accuracy from that as we do the heavier models and it's virtually indestructible so whether you want to shoot it off a bench at a target whether you want to carry it around all day it's it's probably the most versatile one we offer hmm. yeah actually i noticed that on your instagram page that there was that gun with the carbon fiber barrel and um and i love the way it looks and we do our you know obviously the carbon fibers intended to lighten up the barrel, but uh-huh. we do ours quite a bit different than a lot of our competitors. Once again, just with accuracy in mind, we do some stuff differently in the assembly of that. Huh. Very interesting. Uh, I also noticed that you do threaded in barrels. So like on the Ruger 1022, you know, the bar- barrel just kind of sits in there and then gets screwed in, but you, you do the threaded in barrels, I assume because it improves accuracy and kind of durability and all that stuff. Yeah, the biggest thing we found is it gives us more consistency on that first shot. A lot of times on a semi-auto 22, you'll see where the first shot will be a flyer. Uh-huh. And by us threading those in and then doing some different things with the chamber, we were able to eliminate that, which if a guy's out squirrel hunting or something like that, you know, that first shot's the one that counts. <laughs> Definitely. So, it, you know, it doesn't matter what it'll do for a five-shot group if that first round, it doesn't end up where you want it. Huh, I yeah. actually never knew that. That that is pretty dang awesome, uh, you know. And it's the, those are those are the kind of minor touches as well that kind of sets you guys apart. I had the pleasure to shoot uh, a bunch of Volcorts and stuff uh, that Twenty Two Plinkster has taken around to a few events that I've been at, and he let me shoot all his, all of his stuff. And the Volcorts and it was beautiful. So to tell you a story, we were in Georgia at Iraq Veteran Eight 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 Eight. His YouTube shoot, mm, I think it was this past fall, and. uh Dave had a bunch of his 22s out and we were using a Volkortsen and actually shooting steel at a hundred with, you know, 22 LR. And it was, I mean, it was like, it wasn't even hard. It was, it it was just, it was too easy. It like everyone 
was able to do it, which was pretty great. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I get it, 22 Plankster. You're not really that good. You just have really, really great <laughs> firearms. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a hundred yards, freestanding, not bench rest or anything like that with a 22 LR pistol. And, you know, that kind of was, that was the time where I was like, okay, now, now I understand. Uh, because, you know, clearly Volkortsen, it's custom shop doing a lot of custom firearms. And with that comes some cost, but that was the first time that I was like, okay, I 100% understand and get it now. And it's interesting you say that because that's what we've always found is our best sales tool is when guys are able to, to try the guns and they can see that it's more than just a, a stock 22. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it felt like, it felt as if it was crafted from marble specifically for my hands. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just the grip and everything. It, it really, really was nice. I imagine his are, uh, you know, reasonably high dollar purchase items, but I could definitely understand it. And, you know, I felt like I could shoot an aspirin off a balloon or cut a card in half. I, I could have done anything that day. <laughs> and it's, it's stuff like that that gives us some of the most joy is when we go out and do a demo, you know, we'll get a lot of first time shooters, whether it be young kids or, you know, might be, just somebody new to shooting, whether it's male or female. And we always try to get them to try our stuff first, just because, you know, there's not a lot of recoil. It's not loud. And a lot of times they are able to, you know, whether they're shooting steel or whatever it is, they're able to hit the target and it gives them that confidence and actually makes them want to shoot not only our stuff, but just shoot more and more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. The, uh, I noticed that you have a lot of firearms, uh, pistols, rifles and stuff on the website. But one thing that, that I also know that you guys offer that I even have a couple of are just other parts and, uh, things like that. So really, you, you know, have other parts. Yeah. I have That's other so parts. That's so cool, Sean. Yeah, I have parts in my 1022 <laughs> that are Volkorts and like, uh, I have a Volkorts and trigger in my Ruger 1022 that I haven't had for very long. Absolutely love it. It's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. And for someone that may not be able to afford like one of the actual Volkorts and firearms rifles, you know, you can definitely add parts like you guys have barrels and stocks and triggers and bolts and all kinds of stuff like that too, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, we offer everything. We're basically a customer. They could build up almost a complete custom rifle similar to one of the ones that we are, you know, that we sell as a complete firearm one part at a time, you know, everything from the trigger guard to, and even if they don't want to go with the whole trigger guard, we offer internal trigger components that they can put into their factory trigger guard. Mm-hmm. And they're able to build that up all the way from the ground up. And we've had some guys, you know, send us pictures or testimonials after they've, you know, build it. And not only do they get the satisfaction of building it, a lot of times it'll be a project gun that they've done with their son or daughter. And it's crazy. The testimonials we'll get and the results that they're able to achieve just using aftermarket parts. Huh. Yeah, that, that, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah. it's a, it's definitely a good way to improve your stuff. I was actually looking at the website and now it reminded me that I need a new bolt for my 1022. So probably just we'll have to make sure and get you one. You probably just got yourself <laughs> another sale, sir. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the kind of the legacy. Like when I think 22 LR, it really does make me think of like kids and families and things like that because it's a, a lot of times this is the first way that a father or a mother or a family get to introduce their kids to firearms, it is a 22 and you know, a lot of them are the Ruger 1022 or, you know, just a 22 pistol or an old tube fed 22. Does Volkortsen have kind of a, a big focus on that stuff? You mentioned Cheyenne Dalton. She's a younger competition shooter, but just that kind of that whole family vibe that goes on. Yes, we do because, you know, yeah, cause we, we hear the stories from, you know, guys spending a weekend or a Sunday afternoon shooting with their kids, introducing them to the, you know, shooting sports. And something else that we see a lot of is we'll see a lot of guys who introduce their wives or girlfriends who may up until this point in their life have been afraid of guns. They introduce them with a 22, you know, whether it's ours or whoever, you know, and it, it, it gives them that feeling that, you know, guns aren't maybe what they always thought they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of guys that, you know, they always refer to the 22 as like the gateway drug. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of get started there and. You know, and I always encourage people because I think there's a lot of people that are intimidated by our industry. Yeah. And, you know, they, they want to learn more. They want to go to the range. And I think a 22 is a great way to get them started where I think sometimes we get caught up in you want to show them the largest caliber you have or whatever it may be. But, but a 22 is a great way to introduce those guys and get them hooked on, you know, the industry we love. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. 
how far do you hope to take the business? Our goal is that, and people laugh when I say this, but I want to be synonymous with Rimfire that whether you can, you know, and we're not for everybody, but whether or not you purchase our stuff, you're at least aware of who we are when you go to buy your next Rimfire. That's actually a really awesome goal. It is. it's, It's a lofty goal, but it allows us to, you know, kind of filter what we do day to day with that goal in mind. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, what Kleenex is known as tissue. It, yeah, well, that's what I was just gonna say, and I was like, I'm so familiar with all the Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's up <laughs> I have it. Yep. <laughs> I just made a face at Sean. I just stuffed some <laughs> tissues up my nose and then like tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> I was like, get out of here. <laughs> it's so I don't have to blow my nose. Okay. Okay. No, but yeah, and that that makes that's definitely a, a huge and, and lofty goal, and I love it. That's, yeah. That is that's pretty great. So. You guys have clearly made a name for yourselves in uh, Rimfire and and in that world. Do you guys ever kind of aspire or not aspire? Do you guys ever think about branching out and stuff like that and kind of taking that Volkortzen quality uh, to other areas? Are you going to stick with what you're good at? We're we're always looking at you know other areas that we can get into, and we definitely want to get into larger calibers. But every time we start going down that road we come up with something else we can do with the rim fires <laughs> <laughs> and it's what we know and we've done it for a long time. So it's kind of hard to get away from that. But down the road, I do see ourselves getting into, you know, larger calibers and center fire, both rifles and pistols. Dang. That, that's pretty awesome, man. Uh-huh. Our, our big thing is we won't do it just for the sake of getting into it. If we can't find something we can improve or innovate upon, Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it. You know, like we have a lot of guys that will ask why we don't build anything for the AR platforms. And it's not that we're against ARs. We love them. I own quite a few. <laughs> but it, there's already been so much innovation and stuff that's done to that market that we don't want to get in and just be a copycat company. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you guys, you clearly have a, a name and a reputation to uphold. So, I mean, that, that totally makes sense to me. Uh-huh. So for uh, listeners who want to find you, where can they? The easiest place to find us is online. Just Our website is volkortzen.com. And if you're on Instagram, it's volkortzen underscore firearms. And then on Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash volkortzen. All right, cool. And you have some time to stick around? Yes, I do. <laughs> Every time I look over at you, Ava, I, you're, well, every time you're I, ridiculous. Every time I even open my mouth, I'm like, oh, I just sound horrible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She, she just shot a snotty Kleenex out of her ma- uh, out of her nose. Okay. This is just embarrassing. I'm going to have to burn this building down when we're done. <laughs> All right, Scott, you're going to stick around. Uh, before we do anything else here, I think, Ava, it is time to talk about <laughs> about why my life is the way it is. <laughs> Where are we at in the show, Ava? I don't even know. Um, I should also say that I'm drinking too because I'm in so much pain. <laughs> so I've been, I've been sipping on whiskey because I'm like, nothing else is helping. So yeah, this is like my worst day, probably the worst show. All right. I think we talk about Q. Hey, look, Scott and I are doing great. It's not our fault that you're <laughs> off your game. <laughs> I know. If you want, you could just take over the show. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. You got this. No, I don't. I don't have it. Yeah. Cause I actually. <laughs> You put down this product, so I don't know what you wanted to talk about. It's all you. So the Honey Badger Barrel Assembly. From what company? From Q. Okay, thank you. And um, basically, you know, if you're going to build your own, but you really like the fact that, you know, you like that, oh, you like the barrel, the gas block, um, which is adjustable. It comes in different sizes, uh, available in different calibers, 5.56, 300 blackout. So if you like those products, I know that I think this barrel, I think the, the 300 blackout has a one seven twist, which is uh, pretty impressive. So I would, uh, I would recommend get that on the website. They are available and just go to liveqordie.com. And they also sponsor our knowledge bomb segment. Dropping wisdom. Slinging truth. Prepare yourself for Knowledge Bomb. All right, so the Panzer 68. A tank designed by the Swiss military had a bug where turning on the heater could cause the main gun to fire. (laughs) 
That's a pretty big bug. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it might work for people like you, Sean, who never gets cold. But for me, I'd basically be firing at like everybody. Yeah, that that is true. So I did look this up and it is pretty much true. It led to a huge scandal and the resignation of the Minister of Defense. There was there was a ton of problems and the Panzer 68 was judged not fit for combat. So they, they put together a group of people and they commissioned them to produce a report that kind of listed what these problems were. Among them... Uh, the, the NBC, so nuclear, biological, and chemical protection was completely insufficient, which caused the, the, the crews inside to wear protective masks inside their tanks. And huh. for anyone who's never been in a tank, like, it's hot. I don't even want to wear a t-shirt in a tank. Yeah. They're, they're hot and cramped. And I mean, I, I was doing it for fun, but I can't even imagine actually doing it where people are trying to kill you with other tanks. Yeah. Uh, it would have been, it was bad enough as that is, but having to wear the, you know, gas masks and NBC stuff, it, it would be even worse. Um, they also found that the gearbox didn't allow it to shift into reverse while the vehicle was moving. So you had to actually come to a complete stop, then shift it into reverse, then move. Um, whereas some of the other tanks that, that I've been in, you could actually throw it into reverse while it was moving and then kind of just reverse those treads and whatnot. Let's see what else. Yeah. The radios, they, they interfered with the turret control system. So if you were using your radios at full power, the turret would just like randomly move around and completely uncontrolled movement and just, uh, yeah, act all crazy. And then last but not least, yes, uh, turning on the heating system would, uh, could lead to the main gun firing. (laughs) This never actually happened. It never actually caused an accident, but you know, that's not necessarily something you want in a tank, you know, just like, Oh, I'm cold. Click. Boom. And there goes your, your fob. I'm sure you can get one on sale though. Pretty cheap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right. This next one you're going to have to read because I'm not even going to attempt to try to read the names. In 2009, Kashmir, an 18 year old named Rixana Kauser saw her parents being beaten as part of a forced marriage proposal by the militia commander. She killed one militant with an ax, gunned the commander down, and then started a four hour gun battle with the militia. Uh, also, I was able to verify this as, as a true story. The source actually came to us from BBC News. But yeah, she was kind of a badass. Uh, yeah. uh, I was pretty dang impressed. Yes. So that literally happened. I don't really know what else I can say except like good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to get married, girl, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, her parents said, or she said, my parents told me to hide under the bed and then they opened the door and then they started beating them and she took it out. So. Wow. Good, good for her. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you just got to throw hands. That's yeah, all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying too. Exactly. All right. Dude, so Matador Arms, they just came out with a new product. They did. They did. Uh, the X-Mag? It is. It's called the X-Mag. So a lot of people end up having to go and buy a 9mm uh, lower for their AR-15 if they want to have a pistol caliber carbine and 9 or whatever it happens to be. You know, 9, 40, 45, 10mm, all the popular calibers that are out there. But what this is, it's a product that actually fits in the magazine well and allows you to use any standard AR-15 lower receiver as a pistol pistol caliber carbine. And what that does is so you put this in the mag well and it sits inside there. And then theirs actually allows you to use SIG P320 pistol magazines, which I think is pretty smart because we clearly have the Department of Defense making huge orders for those. SIG P320 mags, I think, are going to be something that's out there a ton. And if you have some already, you can just pop them right into this and use your same magazines for your pistol caliber carbine, uh, all using the X-Mag insert from Matador Arms. Yep. And right now they are on sale, $119.99. But if you use that code GUNFUNNY10, you'll get 10% off. And that's at matadorarms.com. And they do sponsor our prank call segment. Uh, can I just say right now that this guy made me mad and then I got mad and then it's... Uh, yeah, and then I was like, okay, Sean, here, have a drink. Because yeah. I was like drinking alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Thank you for calling This is Ron... Uh, yes, hello. Uh, I'm calling about some magazines. I live in California and I'm having trouble finding some because they were all sold out everywhere. I was just wondering how many you could get and what it would cost. What are you looking for? Everything. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. We're not shipping mags to California. <laughs> but you heard that the federal court uh, vacated that that the, the unconstitutional yeah. law. Yeah, it's California, though, man. Well, what does that mean? We're still citizens. I understand. 
understand that. But you're not you're not shipping magazines. No, we're not shipping mags to California. Okay, but everyone else is. I just wonder why you would. I don't know who's everybody else. Uh, all the big ones: Brownells, Gun Mag Warehouse, Midway USA. Okay. Everyone, everyone shipping. Yeah. Okay. Well, order mags from those guys then. They're all I don't out. Feel comfortable <laughs> shipping mags to California. The what? laws there change every day. So okay, but they're all comfortable with it. But you're not. I don't know. I have. I have. No, you know, honestly, I haven't looked into it. And uh, I haven't been notified by anybody saying that Brownells and all these people that you're saying are shipping mags to California are actually doing so. You're just some guy randomly calling on the phone telling me that oh. Brownells and Gun Mag Warehouse and Midway USA are all shipping mags to California. So I knew that it was the Wild West, but I figured they at least had the Internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, okay. You don't yeah. have it there? Good luck, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to try to stay in character and remain calm. What I wanted to be was like, look, dude, you're being a dick. <laughs> and then I guarantee he gets off the phone and he's like researching Brownells yeah. and all these other things. I guarantee companies. he just got on the internet. <laughs> it's actually kind of kind, it's kind kinda, of surprising to me that he, he doesn't know. Like, how does like unless you live in a box, if you're in the gun industry, this is like the biggest news in forever. Right. Wait a minute. Scott, you know about the California stuff, right? Yeah, it's the first good piece of legislation to come out of there in years. That would have been so embarrassing if he was I like, know. no, can I, you? And I was like, I mean, no, it's not even a big deal. Not that many people know. <laughs> Just back that down a tiny bit. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, if you're in the gun industry, of course you freaking heard about this. And there's a bunch of companies that are shipping in California. It just go, it kind of goes to show something that I think about all the time is that we are so like in tune with kind of stuff that's going on online and social media and, you know, the news and events because of what we do, right? You know, if you're in the firearms industry, you pay attention <laughs> to stuff like that. But, you know, if you're running a local gun shop or something, you may not just no. be as attuned to that, I guess. No, that's BS. If you're in the industry, you need to be aware of like what's going on in the industry. I, I you would it, it would be one thing if I was in the gun industry and you were in, you know, IT and you're like, hey, did you hear what happened with Microsoft? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like then it would be understandable. But. Yeah, I know. He yeah, he had no idea. But I bet he's looking it up right now. And I bet he's putting up magazines to sell to you Californians. Yeah. So there you go, guys. <laughs> we helped you. Uh, yeah. Um, if you are in California, though, definitely buy those magazines, buy those freedom sticks. Well, let's talk some more about California. But first, let's talk about Palmer 80. So I was looking on their website. They have blend barrels on sale again for as low as $125. Uh, that was a stainless steel barrel, actually. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, if you like something you see, you want to buy it, use that code GUNFUNNY, and that gets you 10% off. Absolutely. All right. Go check them out. Love Palmer 80. And it brings us to our next, which we're going to talk about the the magazine stuff that's been going on in California. So just a kind of a brief thing. There was a federal judge. I believe he's a district judge. He basically overturned California's mag ban and said that prohibiting the acquisition and possession of magazines able to hold any more than whatever number uh, they have, I think 10, 10 rounds or whatever. Yeah, I think it's 10. Was unconstitutional. He actually talked about the Heller case from 2008 uh, where the Supreme Court held that the Second Amendment applies to arms in common use for lawful purposes. Yeah, it, 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 this is amazing. Like, this is the craziest thing that ever happened. But what it started was this big, huge tidal wave of everyone in California suddenly uh, able to to get these magazines. So what the judge did is he said that this is unconstitutional. And he, he says that the California Department of Justice, law enforcement, and any other agencies inside the state are enjoined from um, prosecuting or arresting anyone under that law, which is so crazy. So suddenly... Everyone in California can have standard capacity magazines. So all these people are digging up their magazines that they buried. They're going back in the in the water. <laughs> yep, they're, you they're know getting in the boat and you know trolling the the bottom of the lake <laughs> and getting them out of there or the ocean wherever. But this is huge. I mean, especially with everything lately, things aren't looking so great for the Second Amendment. I mean, just throughout the country. So this was definitely uh, really good news. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen in the future? Oh, I think that the California Department of State or sorry, Department of Justice and uh, Gavin Newsom, their governor and everything. I think they're they're panicked about it. They're clearly panicked about it. There's a lot of legal wrangling going on as we say this right now. Uh, we're recording the show on April 3rd. I just want everyone to know specifically, we usually don't talk about when we record the show, but I don't want our, our data to be outdated. Yeah. Also, if I feel better on Monday when the show releases, don't call me out. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
they're going back. They want to stay. They actually want a stay on this judge's order, meaning that they would basically kind of put it, put it aside until it has a chance to go to a higher court. Which who knows how long that'll take. And in the meantime, think about all the Californians collecting those, you know, standard capacity magazines. Yeah. And I don't know how many, I, I can tell you this. I've been told uh, from a couple different companies, the, the number of magazines that they're shipping to California and the number is astronomical and incredibly surprising. Good. So that means that all these are kind of flooding that market. Now I will say that in the, in some of the legal wrangling from the department of justice in California, as part of this case that they're saying that there's no way to quantify how many of these magazines are coming in and that they would want to issue a stay. And if they issue that stay, that would instantly make all these standard capacity magazines illegal again, making any Californian who had ordered them in the meantime, an instant felon and criminal. And at first they were worried about how many were actually coming into the state. But then when they actually filed paperwork, they said, Oh, it's probably not that many. So there it's going to be just a few edge cases as they, as they started hiring additional help for like UPS and post (laughs) office. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Scott, what do you think about all this? I think it's awesome. And I would love to see it start a trend of maybe some of the other ridiculous, yeah, you know, stuff that they have to put up with out there. You know, it's like from our side, from a manufacturer side, it makes it tough when, you know, something's perfectly legal on the federal side, but we have to be careful, careful where we ship it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, it's, I would love to see, it's just great to see some positive piece of legislation, you know, come out of there. Cause it seems like every time we hear about something in California, it's anti second amendment. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, it's becoming like its own country. I hope also maybe. Maybe it would set the president for present for, you know, president. Thank you. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's just that <laughs> um, for like for other states, because I know Colorado, we have a 15 round magazine capacity well, limit. It's interesting, actually, because this is a federal judge. This is U.S. District Court Judge Roger Benitez. And being a federal judge, it really <laughs> could help set that precedent. I'm not an attorney. In fact, I don't even really like laws very much. So. Me neither. They always get me in trouble. (laughs) So I would say that, you know, you could, for a U.S. federal judge to actually come through with this decision, which is now part of, it's part of precedent. So how long before someone in Colorado comes up with this or New Jersey or Mm -hmm. or something else like that? And it's it's so surprising. And it just shows like the amount of magazines, like I pledged not to buy any magazines for the next month or so because I want every single spare magazine in this entire country to be able to go to Californian citizens. Wow, <laughs> you are such a good citizen. Yeah, I was I'm virtue signaling, but Yeah. Yeah. But it's I, okay. No, I really did. I I I absolutely want them to go there one hundred percent without question. Yeah, well and plus don't forget, you know, for the record, we live in Colorado, <laughs> so we don't own any of that stuff. I pledge not to buy any rebuild kits for my magazines. <laughs> but yeah, it it would be great. It would be great if this had like far reaching, profound uh ripple effect. I have a feeling that I don't know. I have a feeling they're going to get a stay. They'll eventually overturn it in the Ninth Circuit, and you know. But also, but until then, I mean, think about how like all these politicians are probably shitting bricks right now. Yeah, and you got to think and about. It, go ahead, Scott. Honestly, isn't the Ninth Circuit the one that they're up in arms about too? Because President Trump has nominated so many judges for that uh, circuit. I, you know, I, I can't even speak to that honestly. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I might, I might be dead wrong, but there's some. Some district that I know uh, Nancy Pelosi and a few others were up in arms that President Trump is sidestepping some normal protocols for naming judges out there. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I think I may have actually seen something about that, but I didn't read it. It was nothing more than just a headline that I saw peripherally. But that would that would be interesting, too, if the Ninth Circuit actually changed the the makeup of it to allow this to even go further. Would Gosh, I, I can't even imagine a world. But here's the thing. So tons of Californians are ordering all these standard capacity magazines. They're all being shipped in. I can imagine that, yeah, UPS, Amazon, uh, FedEx, and USPS are all just inundated <laughs> delivering these to houses all over California. <laughs> but even if they, if they issue a stay on this judge's decision, if they uh, make them illegal again, they literally cannot just suddenly make, you know, hundreds of thousands of citizens in California felons. Well, like, I mean, they do it all the time. It would be, it would be extremely tough. I don't think there's a way they would, it would be, able be to difficult get that to enforce, but 
That's yeah. what most of these gun laws do is just – it just hurts the law-abiding citizen. Yeah, but they would have to grandfather these in probably, which I believe they did with the assault weapon ban in California. And I say assault weapon with air quotes like I should. But they had to grandfather some of them in because it just wasn't feasible to suddenly make so many citizens felons. And it will probably be the case with this as well. There are some questions about if a, if a magazine is in transit from the person you bought it from to your home in California and – they issue the stay while it's in transit since you don't have possession of it at that time. But then you have to talk about and think about does possession mean when you purchase it or does possession mean when it, the product is delivered by the company? Mm-hmm. Because I imagine there's also going to be some shipping delays and Californians are in a, a, a kind of a tough spot right now. But I will, I will say this, that I have the pleasure and privilege of knowing a lot of California gun owners and I have had the, the opportunity to see some of their, their message groups, where they're just kind of talking back and forth about all of this stuff. And they're so excited They're Yeah. It's like the first good news that California gun owners have had in so long. And I'm so happy for them. And they're like, like joy is the only word that I can, that I can use to describe it. I'm just mm. super stoked. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, do some iTunes reviews? Let's do it. The sooner this ends, the sooner I can go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so miserable. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or anything. That's okay. Scott and I will take over. We're doing fine. <laughs> All right. If you haven't left us any iTunes reviews, you can leave us on Facebook or iTunes. We really appreciate it. It helps people choose to, to uh, you know, listen to the show. But also, it's a good way to uh, you know share funny things with us and make us laugh. And we also do giveaways. So. Uh, Scott, I will warn you at the end of this, we're going to have you pick one to be the winner out of all these reviews. So we'll read a couple now. Uh, Squash EDC says great firearms podcast. Love the podcast. Ava and Sean are very knowledgeable and always have amazing guests. The prank call section is always good for a laugh, but it needs one more thing. Oh God. I will pledge $25 <laughs> for the next three months on Patreon. If you prank call the pause and get him mad enough to get that stateside. Love the show. Let's make this deal happen. So okay. I'm, I'm in $75. No. Why? Tickles needs to eat. No, it's going to have to be a lot more than 75. <laughs> All right. Come back. Come back with better numbers yeah. and we'll, we'll reconsider. My counter offer is no, and you know what to do. Uh, let's see. Sp- uh, Speed and Bullet says, Gunfight Ideas, both hosts of this podcast are always talking shit about each other. It's really funny. Probably one of the few podcasts I actually enjoy listening to while working a 50 hour work week. And the prank calls to the gun shops are relatable because walking into the gun shop, I can hear, uh, wait. Because walking into the gun shop myself, I hear stupid questions like what they are asking. 50-hour work week? That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> 50 hours. I wish I worked 50 hours. Uh, oh, you're only working part-time? No. Me? No. Yeah, I was this like, guy. This guy. Yeah, I was like, Okay, uh, Ava, just can you not talk anymore, please? I'm just going to go <laughs> drink more whiskey. <laughs> you're embarrassing Scott and myself. <laughs> uh, thank you, Speed and Bullet. And last but not least, Twins Beer Life. Awesome show. Love listening to the show while I'm driving around for work. Don't have much in the way of guns currently, but the show is very informative and has given me lots of ideas for when I start buying. Keep up the great work and bring back Ricardo. I forgot about him. Yeah. I was actually thinking that when you made the prank call, I was like, oh, you should have done another character. No, that, well, from California. Yeah, yeah Ricardo. <laughs> Ricardo from California. Come on now. Uh, yes. Thank you, Twins Beer Life. Appreciate that as well. Okay, Scott, Squash EDC, Speed and Bullet or Twins Beer Life. Who's it going to be? Uh, squash EDC. All right. There you go. Okay. Great. The terrible idea guy. Huh. I um, like where he, I like where he's thinking though. Exactly. Cause I honestly, I've, I've wanted to prank call Jeremy for a while. Eh, yeah. I'm not going to do it to my friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that's it, if you call him a friend, I'd hate to see what you call me. But not a friend. <laughs> Ava, uh, what do they win? I believe we still have some lone wolf trigger disconnectors. Perfect. So get in touch with us. We will get those sent out for you for your Glock. And if you live in Cali, you're going to need a better trigger. For your so you Glock can, or your Polymer 80. So, yeah, exactly. So you can drop that, that standard round at the range. Yeah, yeah. That standard capacity magazine all the rounds at yeah. the range. That's what I meant to say. We don't call them high capacity. We call them standard capacity. Well, they're not high capacity. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, you can find us at gunfunny.com. There's a bunch of stuff there, including our show, uh, ways that you can help the show, ways you can listen oh, to the show. You know what? And if you guys are actually going to buy some magazines, I highly encourage you go to gunfunny.com, click on the support us link, and we have a bunch of affiliate links. So it's a great way to support the show. We get a percentage of whatever sales you make or whatever sales you do, but you know, it, it doesn't cost you extra and, and it helps us out. 
it also has links to become a Patreon. So depending on kind of what level you do, you get different prizes and you get entered to win our monthly raffle, which is also pretty cool stuff. So, um, and you get access to our Facebook only page, Facebook, our Patreon only Facebook. Why do we always get screwed up on that? I don't know. It's so weird. But Patreon dollars actually help us improve the show. Uh, we have, in fact, hired Kenny Ortega to be our producer and editor for the show. Yeah. So if you guys notice that the show's been coming out really early on Mondays, mm-hmm. that's because of Kenny. I literally wake up and people have already listened to the show. They're like, great show. And I'm like, or they'll refer to something that happened in the show. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Mm-hmm. Not even thinking that the show's been posted yet. Exactly. So he is on his game. He's doing an excellent job. Without question. Also, we have some $25 Patreons that we read their name on the show. Ava, why don't you start us out? All right. Corbin Bonafide. Iraq Veteran 8888. Charger Arms. Ryan Morrison. John Snow. Kevin Brittingham. Nathan Keck. Those are them. And we also have a king of the Patreons, which is the highest Patreon every month, and that is Michael Alexiu. And you can outbid him for just a dollar. What is it? $77? You could become yep. king of the Patreon. And you get your own free t-shirt, and we say whatever you want us to say. So what did Michael want us to say this week? Uh, he wants people to know, like, you know, be sure to clean your firearms. Don't let them sit around and rust. I think he had a bad experience recently uh, where he had to clean a, a really, really dirty gun. So guys, don't be silly and wet your willy. I, is oh, that, I that's not how think okay that's what he said no okay i think you totally misunderstood his point okay uh but yes well now i'm just embarrassed patreon.com slash gunfunny <laughs> uh we have one more giveaway it's tack packs you can go enter to win at gunfunny.com slash tp and if you go to tack pack because you can't wait to win one you can use coupon code gunfunny and you get a free uh, sog tool in addition to your ta- your tack pack and we just and, picked a winner actually yeah we just did it the other day mm-hmm. i don't remember who it was because i wasn't paying attention yeah me neither <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully they work because they still need to contact us. Yes, exactly. Scott Volkortzen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, remind us one more time where people can find you online. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's Volkortzen.com on, is our website and Instagram is Volkortzen underscore firearms. Sounds okay, great. Awesome. Ava, are you going to go take some more cold medicine and, and stop <laughs> making my life miserable right now? <laughs> I feel like I embarrassed you so much on this show. <laughs> no, it's Ava, fine. I hope you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. We will see you all next week and can't wait uh, for you to download the show and listen to it. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.